0: a very special welcome to our guests this evening. So good to see each one of you back with us tonight. Got uh, one update to our sick list. Dot Willoughby will be released to come home on Thursday. She'll have further therapy with Vanderbilt Home Health. I want to congratulate Ben and Cecily Coles on their marriage yesterday. College students and parents, we need your mailing and email addresses. Please send those to Seth Rosell. You can look up his uh, email in the bulletin and send those to him. The 6th through 8th grade devos next Sunday. The father-son retreat next weekend. See Clint McCulloch if you need more details on that. The widow's widower's luncheon is next Sunday after our second service. The ladies' committee will meet next Sunday at 5 o'clock in room 100 AB. The wedding tea for Justin Dorris and Allison England will be next Sunday at 1.30 in the fellowship hall. The Latin American Missions Dinner is October 16th at 645 here at the building. And uh, Dennis asked me to uh, impress upon you that there is a sign-up sheet for that at Information Central. And if you haven't already signed up, please sign up uh, as soon as you can. And there are sign-up sheets and registration forms in the foyer for two mission trips to El Salvador next year. See Buddy Pickler for more information on those. Thank you.
1: Good evening, good to see all of you on a cool fall evening, it's good to be together with God's family. Let's all stand as we begin our worship.
2: Let's all sing out. Lord, we come before Thee now, at Thy feet we. sin fill our hearts with thy rich grace to our lips to sing thy praise to our lips to see thy praise grant that all may see and We can up the key, all glorious above, and gratefully see his wonderful love. Our shield and defender, the ancient of days, pavilion in splendor. Bountiful care, what tongue can recite? It breathes in the air, it shines in the light. It streams from the hills, it descends to the plain. And sweetly distills in the dew and the rain. Frail children of dust and people as frail.
1: church said amen be seated please at this time we'll have an opening prayer led by one of our elders for the sick of our congregation
3: shall we pray our Father, father in heaven we're grateful that you love us and that your mercy and your grace is manifest to us in so many different ways We're grateful for Christ, your Son, who gave his life to be our Redeemer. Father, we recognize that you are the one who gives unto us the breath of life and all the things that are necessary in order for us to exist here upon this earth. We're grateful for for our homes and for all the material comforts that are provided for us. Father, we pray that we may ever look to you for strength and for guidance as we live our life, fulfilling the purpose that you have for us here upon this earth. Father, we're grateful as as your children that we have the privilege of praying for those who need your help and who need the love and encouragement of each one of us. Father, we pray for those families who have lost loved ones, for the family of Carol Thomas, for the family of Marge Gregory, and for the family of Lord. We pray that you would take each one of these Families into their into your loving arms, and care for them, and help us that we may do what we can to help bear their burden. Father, we recognize you as the great physician, and we pray your blessings to be upon our many many who are sick and ill, for Macy and Louise beard, Jay Brazel, James Cutchen, Wendell Clark, Shirley Clegg. Marion Connor, Cecil Davis, Alma Derryberry, <clears throat> Mary Edwards, Jennifer Hargis, Juanita Hazelwood, Helen Van Hook, Carol Keff, Jean McCullough, Rusty Maurer, Walter and Gloria Nanny, Frank Richardson, Bobby Slusher, Jack Stanfield, Jimmy Tate, Paul Tate, Tandy Trewick, Courtney Tucker, Donovan Walden, Elizabeth Willis, uh, Anita Winst- Winston, v- Viva Witcher, Thomas Womack. We pray for those who are shedding in Francis Bradshaw, Wayne Cantrell, Jean Clark, Janice Coakley, Paul and Christine Garton, Margaret George, Norma Rose, Ethie Tharp, Ray Vaden. We pray for those who are in health care facilities, Sarah Baker, Kate Bland, Doyle and Mary Boucher, Opal E. Bess, Grace Hackney, David Malacote, Bess McDaniel, Sharon Prater, Ruth Purdon, Thomas Rice, Aline Spurlock, Dean Williamson. We pray for our family members uh, Larry Autry, Nana Bain, Cora Cobb, Geraldine Doris, Inez Durham, Sarah Goodrich, Jean Gulley, Elmay Moss, Lana Randall, Dot Willby, Francis Young. We also pray for Lance Ball, Brooklyn Bernarding, Patricia Clark Blevins, Penny Blevins, Bobby Capers, Gary Eakes, David Manning, Dewey Slusher, Bernice Whitaker, Pam Bowen, Gloria Farrell, Laura Smith, Brighton Williams, Basil Pitner Pitler. Jonathan Walker, Father, recognize that there are others who may be in our number that we need to pray for. Father, we pray for the doctors and the nurses and the technicians who minister to these people. Help them that they may have the skill and the wisdom to bless them with that treatment which will bring about good recovery. Father, we pray that thou would help each one of us to always keep our daily lives focused upon you and how we may be of service to you and to one another. We pray that we will ever look to you for strength and guidance, realizing that all we have and expect comes from you. Thank you, Father, for loving and caring for us, and help us now in our worship that we may focus upon you, and that we may desire to learn more how we can be better servants of yours. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.
1: After this song, Doug Perry will come and deliver a message to us.
2: And heavenly armor will enter the land. The battle belongs to the Lord. No weapon that's fashioned against us will stand. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we
4: Services here this evening. Uh, tonight you'll receive a, uh, a special uh, missions report on three of the uh, locations where the congregation is currently active. Uh, three of us will be bringing a short uh, 10 minutes or so message about each of these, uh, each of these places. Um, I hope that we are joined tonight by uh, live streaming by Nick and Amy uh, in Belém, Brazil and also by Buddy and Sissy. Uh, if you're out there We say hello, and we send you our love, and we send you our greetings, and I hope the church will say amen to that. Amen. Uh, My name is Doug Perry. Uh, I'm a part of your missions committee here at Mount Juliet, and uh, together my wife and I serve as your congregational liaisons to uh, Nick and Amy Fowler and Jonah as they serve in Belém, Brazil. Um, just recently, the last two weeks of August, I was uh, able to go. You sent me, and I thank you for that. Uh, you sent me to uh, to see the Fowlers in Brazil, and I spent that ten days with them in a very enjoyable way. Um, the uh, The city is uh, in northernmost Brazil. It's a tropical city. Uh, it has two seasons: it's wet or wetter. Uh, they're currently in the wet season, and they'll soon they'll soon advance into uh, Into even more so. Um, The city is about two million people. It's a large city, in many ways very modern, in some ways not so modern. Uh, It serves as the port gateway to the Amazon region. So uh, it has historical significance as well as, I guess, a strategic uh, value there to that northern portion of Brazil. As you know, the Amazon region, I'm sure you know, the Amazon region is very uh, undeveloped and uh, and still very wild. Uh, as, we, as I give you my report, we're going through some of the pictures here. Uh, the Fowler family, of course, has got uh, significant connections here to the church and to uh, uh, local connections to me and to many of you. You've known Buddy and Sissy Pickler forever, and Amy, of course, is their daughter. Uh, part of Nick and Amy's marriage agreement together was to agree to spend a season of their life in mission work in Belain, Uh, As it turns out, in Belém, Brazil. Uh, I think that's a a very interesting uh, aspect to go into a marriage with that in mind and and very encouraging. Uh, They've been there now since June of 2010, so they're into their third year. Uh, The plans are for the mission to last uh, at least five and perhaps longer, depending on the success and on on how things turn out. I found them to be healthy and in good spirits. Uh, They're very welcoming hosts, Uh, they were very uh, uh, warm and it, it felt like a holiday to me to be there with them, and it would for you too. Uh, they, would, uh, they would greet and welcome any of you with open arms. Um, in the, uh, let's see, where, I've, I've shown, you've seen some of the pictures of the city itself. Let me give you a little bit of the background of the environment they're working in. Again, a large urban area, a uh, strong Catholic presence, uh, strong Pentecostal presence. Uh, the three churches, almost completely unknown uh so in in a sense the field is uh, they're spiritually aware but they're the, the truth is being taken to them in uh in a new way and uh it's uh in that sense it's it's a difficult uh, a, a difficult work um just a few miles outside of the city there's some very beautiful countryside you see the picture behind me uh uh, that's the Amazon. It, it, it looks like an ocean, but it's not. Uh, it's a huge river. Uh, I think the, uh, the channel of the Amazon goes to nine miles and beyond. Uh, a huge river that acts like an ocean in every way. I got to swim in the Amazon while I was there with Nick, and uh, that's a good memory for me to carry forward. Um, and we'll advance now. Uh, that's Nick and I together there uh, at one of the local uh, very beautiful places. As we page forward, we'll see a couple of uh, pretty landscapes. These are captured just uh, outside of the city within 25 or 30 miles. As you fly over the region, it's a very dark place. Uh, uh, outside of Belém itself, their lights are few and far between. A uh, picture here of a beautiful Brazilian uh, sunset over the Amazon. Uh, the next slide is a picture of their house. Um, Nick and Amy live in a, uh, a, a fairly modern uh, uh, Middle-class environment, uh, they have a very comfortable place. Uh, the, the home that you see here is. Um, uh, they, they occupy the second floor of that. Uh, the best room in the house is reserved for their guests, and uh, I was very happy and very comfortable to be there uh, for the whole time. Uh, I was sent bearing many gifts, and that's because of the generosity of many of you in the audience. Uh, uh, and I thank you for that, and certainly uh, the, the Fowlers express that thanks to you as well. Um, next slide here is uh, getting down to business in the Community Outreach Center. Uh, this is a picture of the office that they work from. This is the teaching, uh, the teaching classroom and uh, above it on the second floor is a private office and uh, uh, some bathroom facilities and such. This is the Community Outreach Center that we worked so hard to establish for the last, uh, last two years. It's full to capacity. Um, they're occupying uh, classes on Tuesday and Thursday nights there. Uh, those classes are serious classes for adult uh, participants. Uh, they last two hours apiece. Uh, also, on Saturday, there's a four-hour session for those that can't attend through the week. The classes are conducted entirely in Portuguese. Uh, Nick and Amy are both very capable and very fluent now in the language, uh, very comfortable and, and at ease in expressing themselves and carrying the gospel uh, to this local community in, on their terms. Uh, a couple of pictures now of uh, the, the room as it's full. I met all these folks and took your greetings to them. Um, there's, I think, 20 some odd folks engaged in the uh, studies at the Outreach Center. Now, the, the center itself, uh, the program that they're receiving is 15 weeks of an exposing of Old and New Testament principles. Uh, it's taught in a way that's not aimed specifically at conversion, but certainly conversion is a part of that, and and the individuals as they participate are brought to life-changing decisions. Uh, they're about a little over halfway through that first session, and uh, uh, we've been retaining the students very well, and, and the, uh, the class, I can tell you from experience, I was in class with them for about eight hours, I guess. Uh, the class is very organized. Uh, there are profiles done on each of the students as they... Uh, register and come engaged. Uh, There's background information on each of the students. Uh, There are graded uh, responses for each class that's given. And uh, I found the material to be very uh, challenging and uh, intent material well done and well preserved. Uh, Of course, the class is completely in Portuguese, so I was at a disadvantage there not knowing any Portuguese. Uh, But I could follow, and I did uh, did appreciate that. Picture here, uh, myself and a young man by the name of Claudio. He's a college student. He came in off the street uh, wondering what was going on. Uh, the outlet at uh, Blaine Brazil is not just through the community outreach center, but rather there are one-on-ones that are going on. Uh, there are, uh, Amy in particular is engaged in teaching uh, one-on-one or two-on-one. Uh, she refers to those as triads, and there are several of those actively engaged. Uh, the classes there are more intimate, one-on-one setting, and uh, proceed at an individual pace. Uh, Claudio, is uh, I received good news about him tonight. He's still engaged in his studies, and uh, we certainly uh, have our fingers crossed about greeting him as a brother in Christ soon. Uh, the next slide shows some of the children's work that's going on uh, out of the home of Nick and Amy. These kids are coming from the community uh, uh, there is certainly a strategy here to reach the parent through the children. Uh, these kids are beautiful, uh, uh, exciting young kids that want to be there and uh, are, uh, are happy children that you would love to, to pick up and hold. Um, they're a long way away, but they're children nonetheless, and they're interested. And they look forward to these sessions with uh, Nick and Amy. Uh, this is a picture of a men's devotional. Uh, the man on the uh, the man on the right in the red shirt is a uh, petroleum engineer for Petrobras in uh, Brazil, their their national uh, energy uh, company. He's uh an example, a good example of the kind of uh, of uh, student that Nick and Amy have managed to attract. Uh, by no means is the uh, the the group their students are very uh, they're, they're They come from all walks, some from uh, sophisticated uh, professional environments, some from uh, simple families and everything in between. Uh, Here's a picture of uh, Amy surrounded by her friends at a baby shower. Uh, Several of these individuals in this picture are engaged with Amy in one-on-ones and and in triad studies as well. Uh, The next picture, uh, unusual and very dear to me, Uh, we spent a Sunday afternoon in the home of one of the students. uh, Isao and, uh, and Altaisi are very warm and uh, were, very, uh, were very greeting to me. to have a young son. I uh, got to meet their, uh, uh, their parents as well, Sarah's parents as well. Um, it's a key family in, in the sense that they've befriended Nick and Amy from the very beginning. Uh, there's a good bond of friendship there, and uh, there's also a bond of teaching that's going on with members of this family. We should be prayerful about that. The next slide is a, a local congregation. The church is not strong in Belém. Uh It's unheard, of, uh, almost unknown. Uh, at the out, on the outskirts of the city, uh, about 25 miles away or so, there is a small congregation that meets in a, uh, a place by the name of Marituba. You might have heard that term in various of the reports that have been issued before. Uh, a small group of Christians that Nick and Amy and uh, Brian and Melissa King have been engaged with over the last uh, year and a half or so. Um, the uh, next picture is probably one, certainly one of the leaders uh, there uh, uh, and his uh, young daughter. Uh, I got a chance to talk to Senor Antonio at length. I uh, found him to be a very, uh, uh, very serious-minded Christian and happy to have you there and very interested in the work that Nick and Amy are doing, and more importantly, in a partnership to develop between Marituba Congregation and one in Belain, of course. Uh, the next picture is of Brian and Melissa King, young family that are the partners for Nick and Amy. Uh, a lot of things in common. Young son here, uh, Josiah. He's about uh, four years old, as well as uh, Jonah. Uh, they have a daughter that's not in the picture. Uh, typical picture of young boys here, and, and their dinosaurs behind them. Um, these families are very, uh, uh, very intent in their purpose. They're bound together by a uh, common mission. Uh, they work together, uh, they pray together, they teach together, uh, and they're working this community together. Uh, the kings are sponsored by a congregation in uh, Lubbock, Texas that are uh, do much the same for them as we serve for the Fowlers. Uh, the next few pictures are just folks pictures from various things that I did with uh, with the family while I was there. It was not all business. There was a lot of, uh, they, they, they were very hospitable to me. We, we went a lot of, to a lot of different places and saw a lot of different things. Uh, I carried memories with me from Belaine that uh, I'll never forget. Uh, I have a special bond now with Jonah and with Nick and with Amy and uh, I pray for that to continue. They need our prayers. They need our involvement. Uh, they need for us to remember them in their work And I'm sure that uh, we'll continue to do that uh, as we go forward. Uh, I guess my last message is uh, the the work there is in good shape. Uh, We expect uh, a lot of fruit to come from Belame in its due season. Uh, They're working very hard there. Uh, From the very beginning uh, to the next slide, from the very beginning, uh, the theme for the work in Belame has been to take the light to that city. And uh, that was one of the first phrases that Nick used uh, when we were talking about the potential work wherever he would end up at the time uh, to take the light into a dark place. And they've committed their lives, at least this season of it, uh, they've committed their lives to doing just that. Uh, I believe that they're on the right track. Uh, they have our hearts and our help and the guidance of our elders and the guidance and help of so many fellow Christians here. Uh, you would be welcome as a visitor. Uh, I was very happy to go, and I thank you very much for sending me.
5: I'm going to make this relatively short and sweet, so Duane has plenty of time to tell us about uh, the South Sudan project. But I'd like to thank you for the opportunity to come and share with you about the uh, work that we did in West Virginia this past summer going there and putting on a VBS for the congregation there. It was a huge opportunity for the people that went as well as for all the people of the congregation there in Milling, or Marlington, West Virginia. We had a team of 14 people that we went with. It was a group of high school students and their chaperones and some of us 20-somethings and uh, it was a real privilege to be there and to all of us, it was a real blessing to be there and be around them. Marlington is a small town in uh, the mountains of West Virginia, where there used to be a large tannery that kind of fed the economy there. And a number of years ago, the tannery closed down, and I think it moved overseas. So the a lot of the vibrancy of the town has been lost. And for many of the members in the congregation, the VBS that we hold is one of the bigger things that happens in that town all year. It was incredible, even from the time that we first walked into the congregation, that you could do- talk to the people there, and you could see the joy on their faces to have us there, and the joy of the v- the VBS brought to them, and they would make remarks that they'd been talking for months about us coming, and they really looked forward to it, and how the If we would do things and they'd be like, oh man, we're going to be talking about this for months. This is incredible. And it was just seeing that impact that you have on people there was incredible. When we got there Sunday morning, Mitch held a uh, lesson for us. And it was over Jesus being after the order of Melchizedek. And then after that, we had the privilege of hearing Doug Ferguson preach the lesson for us. And uh, he did the lesson over not worrying and not having anxiety over things but instead being willing to trust in the Lord and know that the Lord will take care of us and he will deliver us from any trials that we encounter. And uh, we can see the example that he used in Matthew 6 where the Lord will take care of us. And it was a truly purposeful lesson. And uh, Doug has a true thirst for the knowledge of the Lord, and it's incredible. And even on that uh, first Sunday morning, there was a couple that was visiting there that uh, they had just moved to the area and they were a younger couple and they had been looking around for a congregation to go to and uh, we had the privilege that they ended up bringing their children to the VBS most of the nights that week and they were real interested in the congregation so we could see seeds being planted while we were there. And uh, that first Sunday evening we started the VBS and Jacob and Carter led us in the VBS songs and they did a great job at that. And uh, growing up, I've been to a number of VBSs, and I saw something there in West Virginia that I don't remember seeing in any of the others. Every night, there was probably about as many adults there as there was children, and sometimes probably more adults there. And all the adults would stand up, and they would be singing, and they would be going along and getting so excited in all the songs and everything, as much as a lot of the children were. And it was just incredible, and it it made me think of... uh, Matthew 18, where it tells us in verse 4, that whoever humbles himself like a child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And I believe that a number of the adults in this congregation did have that humility and that they loved the Lord that much that, I mean, they were getting up and singing the songs and everything like that. And then we had an opportunity in the latter part of our trip that we uh, went and visited with a local nursing home there where uh, we sang songs of worship and encouragement with them and to the residents there. And uh, every Sunday evening after we would do our VBS, the Mount Juliet group would, uh, would hold a quick Devo, and that's where it became real evident that we weren't only having a great impact on Marlington there, but that Marlington and the work there was having a great impact on the high school students and the 20-somethings and everybody that was there, that it was having a great impact on us for us to grow in the word, the will of the Lord and grow in his strength. And uh, we also had the opportunity to uh, quiz Mitch on the nights that uh, the guys, we would all bring our questions that we've always had about the Bible and we had asked Mitch about them and every single question we had bring to him, he would open up the Bible and he would go to the verses and go straight to the Bible and open it up. And I mean, he, I mean, we couldn't stump him and we tried and tried, but everything we would ask him, he would go straight to the Bible and he would open it up. And it was just an incredible example of the kind of man that we all were decided we all needed to strive to be and that we would like to grow in the Lord's will and in the knowledge of the Lord to be like that one day. And... Uh, It was just very evident of God's love there and the lasting effect that he was having and the effect that it was having on all the children there. And uh, I would like to once again thank all the elders here in the church family for supporting the mission there. And uh, it was just so incredible spending that time of fellowship with all the Christians there. And it uh, it was sad to leave and return home knowing that I was going to be returning out into the world but it just made me think of how incredible it was going to be to be in heaven one day and have the fellowship of Christians around you all the time and that that'll just be, we'll be doing that for all of eternity, is fellowshipping together and glorifying God. Thank you.
6: I think we would expect Doug to do a good job, and he did. Caleb, I didn't know what kind of job you would do, but I know your mother is very proud of you right now. That was a great job. If, you'd need to try that sometime at 20-something and get up before a group of this size. That was a great report. We wanted, the last installment that we have here this evening is to talk about the Sudan Project. Doug said hello to those in Beleem, Buddy and Sissy, and Nick and Amy and Jonah, and I want to say hello to Don and, and uh, Sandra Humphrey. I'm, I can guarantee you wherever they are in New England, they're, they're on stream right now because Don wrote the notes that I will be using, and he wants to make sure that I'll be saying them all. <laughs> but I will tell you, I don't have 55 minutes, and so... Uh, <laughs> Don, you'll just have to take what you get. Uh, for those who may not be aware of the Sudan Project, let me just briefly tell you that our mission is to go to the country of Sudan, a newly uh, uh, independent country, and, and uh, we, have, we went there a couple of years ago and uh, established a school of preaching. And it is our desire and our mission for the Sudan Project to uh, train South Sudanese people with African instructors so that uh, they might be able to, in a very short amount of time, go through a a school, then return to their villages and uh, become preachers. And we want to just tell you about some of the things that are happening uh, in Sudan uh, as we uh, made a trip there in August. That was the second time that I've been able to go. Uh, three years ago I went, and there has been an amazing amount of progress made. This is a country that was in civil war for 25 years, and now they are returning. They've become an, a, a, a free country, uh, separated themselves from the country of, of, uh, up in Sudan proper, up in the northern part, and uh, things are going well. Uh, they, there are many of the refugees are returning uh, to their homeland. I could see lots of farms that were uh, developed now that were not uh, developed uh, three years ago when I was there. So we can go to our next slide. Uh, we have 24 acres of land, or did have when this when this picture was being made. This these pictures were made about two years ago as we started digging uh Uh, fence post holes, and uh, going around the 24 acres that we had uh, in in Sudan, and I want you to just look at some of the uh, tools and things that they're using in these pictures and, and wonder how in just a matter of days the land could be cleared. This is, this is real bush country right here. Uh, it was uh, really, really grown up, and you can see them in uh, and, and a matter of days. They were able to put the barbed bar wire up around the 24 acres uh, that houses the, the schooling and the, the church and the clinic that are on this property. And let me just say right here at this point that the the, the land committee in Pajak, Pajak is where the is the city of the village that uh, that where our school and and church and clinic are located. It's about 90 miles from Juba, which is the capital of South Sudan. The first 55 miles from Juba. Uh, down to Pajac is a paved road. Three years ago, that was a, just a dirt road that we had to drive down. And now there's 55 miles of pavement, but once you get off that pavement, about the last 40 miles uh, going over to Pajac, it will take you about seven, seven and a half hours. Uh, on our way out the last day as we were going back into juba to catch the plane to get ready to come home it took us four and a half hours to go the first 28 miles we were stuck three times but have no fear we had a truck with 10 Strong Sudanese men and every time we'd get struck they'd jump off and start digging and we could get through anything it was an amazing uh, trip as we came uh, back the land committee has said to us you've done such a good job uh, we think that you need 12 more acres of land and so uh, praise God for that uh, we now have in a prime on a prime road one of these days that dirt road will be paved and, and the, the school and the clinic and the, and the church building are going to be right on, the, on that main road. Okay, if we can go to the next slide. This just shows a couple of years ago how that we cleared the land off and started building, uh, the, digging the foundations. And uh, I like to look at this picture and say that the church and the men that we're training are built on a firm foundation because in the next picture you're going to see what transpired. Well, there was one reason. Go ahead to the next one. There was one reason I wanted to show this picture because Glenn Kaufman and Bobby Coles, when they go somewhere and pour concrete, they just make a phone call and a truck shows up with X number of yards of concrete on the truck. Well, you're looking at the concrete mixing operation in South Sudan. Uh, That wheelbarrow right there, it wouldn't hold very much, but that's about the best that they can can do. And now in the next picture, that shows what can be done with God's help and with a lot of determination. This is a state-of-the-art building in South Sudan and this is the building that houses the academic portion of the school there are a couple of classrooms there's a couple of uh, bunk rooms where the where the students uh, stay there's a kitchen there's a, a a bath facility and i think a small office is also there's a library that doubles as a as an office in that building and when when if you've ever if you've ever been someplace and you've seen nothing but just bare land and and, and all these uh, Grown-up areas, and then you go back three years later, and you see something like this. This was an amazing sight uh, as we drove into the to the school compound. Okay, and the next picture shows our first graduating class. We had seventeen men. This just a few years ago, this was a dream. And now we've had the first graduating class of 17 men, and we'll talk about some of the things that those 17 men are doing as they've gone back to their, their prospective villages. But as Don and I were getting on the plane to leave to come back and the other three folks that, that went to, on this last trip with us, the second class was coming in. And so they have right now, I believe there are 24 students They're they're supposed to be only able to take care of about 20. There are 24 there, and Don told them, we got ready to leave, says, if you can feed them and find a place for them to sleep, go ahead and take 24. And uh, that's exactly uh, what they did. And these men come to school, they're taught the gospel five days a week for about from daylight until dark they're there just about all day long they take a, a couple of quick breaks they eat a little bit and they go right back to studying. on the weekends. these men go out to villages they're divided up in teams and they go out into villages and they preach the gospel and a lot of good is being done uh, by these uh, by these godly men okay now this is another picture of the other f- facilities on our our 36 acres that we that we have now and this is the building on the left is the church building and you may recall uh the last two or three times that don and i have have given you a report uh we would show you how that they they have the little just a, a hut like Building that's out there, and they sit on logs, and they'll sit for a couple of three hours, and that's their what their church building looks like. Well, this is going to be uh, again state of the art, uh, a church building that they're going to have that's not going to rain on them. Uh, they're gonna it's going to be a, a beautiful thing. A number of our men here have made pews that are going to go in that building, and hopefully one of these days uh, the container where all those things are and it's over at the healing hands right now along with the well drilling uh, apparatus uh, those benches are going to be there and they're going to be put in this uh, in this uh, church building the building at the back of the church building along the right hand side that is the clinic and we'll go ahead and turn to the next slide there this is what we saw the day that we arrived, uh, at, in South Sudan, uh, and down at Pujak. There were 39 adults sitting, waiting to see the nurse. And some of these people had children. And you have never seen such beautiful children. But they're hurting. Some of them had malaria. Some of them had AIDS. Uh, these, these people, they come to this clinic. Uh, and they, they come for the, the hope of, of having something good, and the, we've named the clinic Trust in the Lord Clinic. They've come to get medicine uh, with the help of some other people. We've been able to get about a million dollars worth of free medicine that this clinic now has. I'm going to show you another picture of a South Sudan, this, well, this next one right here. This is at the Sudanese Hospital, And this is the pharmacy. And I think you can look around and it tells you the story of what's going on there. They have no medicines. Uh, And the report that we got was that they have not had any medicine at this pharmacy since last March. Uh, And they have people that are dying every day. This is Susie Stevens. She is a registered nurse. She and her husband, uh, Dick Stevens, have worked for about 30 years in, uh, in Africa, not in Sudan, but they've been in Malawi. Uh, They are experts at medical missions uh, and they are the ones who have the contacts to get the medicines and the things that that, uh, we've been able to get and we we really uh, appreciated having them go with us uh, on this trip. Okay, next slide. So what are these 17 men doing? Those who have been through our three and a half months of school. Well, go ahead to the next slide. There are, like we say, 17 of them were in the first session. There are 20 in the second session. And now the next slide. Uh, there's a young man that lives in Magway. In Magway is the town that is 28 miles away that took us four and a half hours to get. He lives in, in the village of Magway. He also works at the school and, and stays over there most of the week. But now that he's graduated from the class, uh, he went out and, and has had a number of, of baptisms. Uh, there, How many does that say? 17 baptisms and four more uh, that, that uh, he's already been able to uh, take part in. He's helping to establish uh, congregations. And then in the next slide, you can read this for yourself here, uh, there are... In uh, N- Naira, uh one, of our, one of the Americans who went with us got on the back of a motorcycle on Sunday morning along with, with uh, one guy, another guy was driving the motorcycle and between them there were two motorcycles, four people that went to this village of, of Naira. And Mark, one of the graduates, uh, had already performed many baptisms after they got back there. And on the Sunday that, that we were in South Sudan, there were 20 that were baptized. I think we have some pictures of those in the, in, in the next uh, slide. Now I can't see what that one says. Go ahead to the next one. Okay, here we go. The, here, are, here are just a throng of people that are moving down toward the river to be baptized. Uh, as I said, Jeremy Thompson, who's the academic dean, he lives out in Texas, uh, he was with us on this trip. He, went, he was one of the guys on the motorcycle and, and did some of the preaching as they went to this uh, to this village. And Jeremy said that he was the very first white man that a whole bunch of these children had ever seen. And they just wanted to touch his face. He didn't know whether he was going to have time to preach or not because they were all wanting uh, to just touch him. And he was, he was quite a spectacle there. We can tell you that there, there's another village that had 20 20 more people that wanted to be baptized, there was no water available. And so when we left, Don left money with them so that they could hire a truck to take them to where the the water was. Uh, So you can see that that these people are open and receptive uh, to God's word. Uh, We are training these men in Africa, by Africans in their own language. So they... They are, they are very happy to go back to their villages and share God's word. And I want to just leave this last slide up right here because as I, was, as I was looking at this, and Don is the one that gave me the pictures to use tonight, I was looking at this baptism that was taking place, and I said, you know, we got on an airplane in Washington, D.C., and flew 16 hours to Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, and then we had another about an hour's flight over to Juba, to South Sudan, to aid people and to give assistance so that people might hear the gospel and so that people might be baptized into Christ. And as you're looking at this man being baptized into Christ, would you look at the front of our bulletin that we had today? This is a very old picture of the baptizing hole in Mount Juliet. This was before we had this beautiful baptistry that I'm standing in front of. This was back in the days, and somebody said the little boy in knickers on the front of that might have been Pat Hackney. I'm not saying that is who that is. <laughs> I'm not saying that's who that is. But, but the Mount Juliet Church had a baptizing hole about 100 years ago. And now we have a baptizing hole in 2012. And it's all the same gospel. Praise God. It's all the same gospel. And Jesus Christ died for the church so that we might be made free from sin. And I, I just tell you, there's a great amount of good that's going on in, in South Sudan. I'm not here to tell you that it's all perfect. We're dealing with an entirely different culture they have different views about things than some of the things that we do. But the thing that we have in common is that we want to make sure that God's word is taught in its purity and its simplicity and so that many souls might be saved. And there may be tonight somebody here who uh, from one of these reports that has been given, you may have been touched in some way. You may, you may want to experience what it's like to go to the baptizing hope. And we can, we can do that for you here this evening. Or there may be some here that have been baptized or have been, uh, they've fallen away for some reason or another. And, and it may be that you need to come and have prayer with us. And we'll certainly pray with you to God for whatever might be on your heart. But uh, hopefully that uh, you have been impressed by what you've seen. And hopefully what we are doing is pleasing to God and believing and in Marlington, and in South Sudan. And so let us stand as we have our invitation song.
1: We get tunnel vision, don't we? We think it's all about us, and we get self-absorbed, and we think it's all about what's happening here. God is at work all over the place. It's good to remember that there's a whole lot more going on than what we can see. Thank you for the reports that we saw tonight. If you didn't get to take the Lord's Supper this morning, it's been prepared in a room that's through the exit of the auditorium, and uh, while we sing this last song, you can make your way there. Uh, It's been good to be together today and I hope that you've enjoyed being with God's people and that you've been encouraged. If you've had a rough week, let somebody know and reach out. That's what a family does and that's what a family's for. We'll sing this song and we'll be closed in prayer. What a
2: fellowship what a-
0: Kind and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for this another Lord's Day and the opportunities that you granted us to come here to worship you, the only true and living God. Father, we pray that you would be with each of the works that we talked about tonight. Father, we pray that much good will come from these efforts, and that each of us will do our part to help support these efforts. Father, Father, we pray that you would be with us through this week. Help us be the examples that you would have us to be. Help us see those opportunities to teach others about you, Father. Pray that you'd continue to be with those that are traveling and keep them safe. And be with us until the next point of time. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.